Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Struggle Create Strength. Struggle Create Strength is a mental health platform exemplifying that everyone has a story. I always say that no two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone else. On today's episode, we are joined by 16-year-old Kaya Christian. This story definitely hit home for myself because I remember when I was 16 and I remember some of the struggles that I was going through. And her, she possesses such knowledge, such courage, and such strength to speak up share her story and share the struggles that she went through and ultimately pinpointing how she got herself better and got to a state where she accepts her mental health struggles. I hope everyone enjoys her story because this is one that you definitely need to hear. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Raincoast Clothing. Raincoast Clothing is a clothing company based out of Vancouver Island, Canada. They represent nature by embracing adventure, spontaneity, and health, both physical and mental. They've recently decided to join my mental health movement and donate 5% of profits from every item of clothing towards mental health awareness. Also, we have collaborated and created a Struggle Create Strength t-shirt, which has 100% of profits going towards mental health awareness. Go to raincoastclothing.com and help support mental health while getting yourself some great clothes. Now, I hope you enjoy Kaya's story and just remember that everyone has a story. Hi, how are you? Oh, good, how are you? I'm doing really good. I obviously, first and foremost, just want to say thank you so much for one, actually reaching out to me and two, being basically vulnerable enough and courageous enough to actually come on the podcast and share the story. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I'm super excited as well. I think it's going to be spectacular. So do we just start? Yeah, honestly, like whatever, however you want to go, like this is literally what I always say anyways, like it's such a unique platform because it literally, there's no structure to it whatsoever. (laughs) It's however you want to speak. If you want to get up in the middle of it and go make yourself some food, you can do that. Like this is just a time where you get to like really embrace your whole story and like everything you have encountered and things that you might encounter in the future and allowing people to seek help through your story and kind of just seeing basically how they can get the help that they need and how you've overcome some of your battles, some battles that you're still encountering. So literally, if you want to start right from the start, then we can do that. Or if you want to ease into it, we can do that, but it's totally. Yeah. Like I can just start, I was thinking like probably just like through my life, I'll talk about things. Like I'll go through since I've grown up and then I'll talk about things as we go. Absolutely. So I feel like it'll be a bit too scattered if I <laughs> yeah, go for back. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Then okay. the platform is all yours. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm Kaya. I'm 16. Um, I go to VSS in Vernon, BC. I've grown up in the Okanagan my whole life. Um, I'm a competitive dancer with Accents Dance Studio. Um, I grew up living with my mom and dad. Um, I went back and forth. They divorced at a really young age when I was two-ish, they separated. So I didn't really know what it was like to have parents who have been together ever. So it wasn't a really like, for me, I know a lot of people go through divorce is a big thing with their parents, but for me, I never really knew that. So right from the get-go, it has always been my mom's house and my dad's house and like two separate lives kind of, well, definitely. I've, I've always associated myself differently with those two people very differently. Like I feel like when I was living, cause I live with my dad full-time now and I've lived with, I'll get into that, but I've lived with my dad full-time since I was 11 and when I would go back and forth, it was like two completely different people from within myself that was associating with those two places. So um, I lived with my mom and my dad growing up. I went back and forth week to week. Um, and then my mom settled down and she met her partner, her husband now, and they had two kids when I was living with them. They have another kid now, but I had three brothers, three half brothers. And um, I raised those two boys. Like I, from the weeks that I was there with my mom and her husband, I was definitely taking on a parental role at a really young age. Mm -hmm. So maturity came really quickly when I was young and 
um, being put on, in, on the spot and under pressure has been something that I've learned to embrace and something that is life it's gonna happen so I don't really take it as like oh I grew up so young it was just like reality kicked in really young and that's how I take that so I um I don't have a relationship with my mom right now Mm -hmm. um I left her house when I was 11 I made the choice to move in with my dad full-time and my dad was pretty shocked because he knew nothing of it my dad was pretty in the blind sight because the life at my mom's that was created was so normalized in my brain that when I would go to think and compare between my mom's house and my dad's house it was it it I didn't need to it was so normalized at such a young age that that's the way it was that it was just different at each house mm-hmm. and at my mom's, I was so alone and I learned to embrace being so alone that I love being alone now. Like it, it's, um, I love, I love my space and I really have to now be careful of that because I like to isolate myself and I, all I want to do is be alone now. So learning to find a balance now. So when I was there at my mom's house, growing up at my mom's, I was very emotionally manipulated and physically and verbally abused. And all these things were so normal. That's why I talk about that. That's why I was bringing up it being so normalized that I never expressed it. I didn't talk about it till I left. And my dad really had no idea. I came to him when I was 11 and it was the Thursday that I was supposed to go to school. And then that afternoon, my mom would pick me up and it would be her, her week. And I woke up and I was just like, I can't do it, dad. Like, I, I I can't go to school. I can't go back. I, and he's like, what are you talking about? And everything just came out all in one. And it was such a big shock and so much guilt on my dad because he had felt that he hasn't been there. And in a sense he hadn't, but it wasn't his fault. He had no idea. And I know that he still lives with so much guilt and I live with so much guilt as well. And that coming from leaving my brothers. So I don't have a relationship with my mother. I don't have a relationship with her husband, but the relationship between me and my brothers is kind of in the pending because they're so young. So their first boy that they have is 10 now and then six and then the youngest who I was not I didn't live at the house when they had him but he's three so super young unable to really well unable to make their own decisions your kid so it's not like I can just be like I'll just text the oldest one and pick go meet up like it's not like that so it's definitely been a challenge of the leeway of to the extent I'll go to see them and that lays it lays so heavy on my heart because I know that if I want to see them that means I there needs to be an opening for my mother because they are so young so I I have seen them more recently um in the summer I connected with them and I for myself had to take another step back because involving my mother again in my life was too much So I'll get into that now, like about my mother and her husband. So I, from a really young age, was very um, unaware of the severity of the situation. So they ran a grow up and were selling drugs out of our house. And I was told this when I was 10 and I had no idea of it. Like I, my whole life, it was, you didn't go downstairs. So upstairs in the house was just like the main floor. So there was two bedrooms, my mother and her husband's, and then me and my two younger brothers bedroom that we shared. And then the living room and kitchen, that was about it and a washroom. And I was just always told, don't go downstairs. And I 
I never, I never, I just didn't ever think of it. And my brothers were always allowed to go downstairs. And then once I left and once I grew up, I realized now that's because when they didn't want things to click, click in and be like, oh, maybe I, this is wrong. And I don't want to, I shouldn't tell my dad this. And I should tell my dad this. And they didn't want that. So I didn't know for a really long time what was going on until they told me. And I didn't go to my dad and I didn't have anyone. And I was dealing with this alone that I was living this life of such closure from such isolation from the world. Like I was never allowed to hang out with friends when I was at my mom's house. I didn't, I wasn't allowed to dance. I wasn't like, I wasn't able to be social because of this. No one was allowed to come over, right? So I never, it was a lot of spending time with my brothers and being with them and being around them while her and her husband worked. And the abuse portion of it, the verbal abuse, she was diagnosed when she was with my father with bipolar disorder and she never ever dealt with it. She never admits to it. She never, she never talked about it. It was never something that got brought up, but I always knew about it. So I remember a situation of me and my brother were um, gonna unload the dishwasher. And we were unloading the dishwasher and Ashton dropped a glass and her husband got really mad. So like little things like that would set them off. Like it was very regimented, be this perfect child because we're busy with our own lives. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt for sure. And it turned into a screen fest of my brother being locked outside in the freezing cold winter and me having to sit there and not being able to do anything about it. And it was situations like that all the time like me being in the middle of this, but being in the middle of the situation, but having no one to express it to and having no one to go to and being really alone Mm -hmm. and not being able to do anything because they were my parents. Like that's what I, that's, it was my mom. Like that's how I viewed her. She was everything to me when I was a kid. Their mom, it's your mom. Like you look to your mom and you're like, that's my mom. She could do anything wrong and I'll still help love her. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had to learn that there is a line and you need to have boundaries no matter the age and no matter the maturity. Um, and it really hit a wall when everything started to kick in and I became older and I started to realize things. And I just knew that if I was to continue to live this life and be in this environment around these people mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have the life that I want and I wouldn't be the person that I, I am today. Mm-hmm. So I left my mother's house and um, it was really hard. There was, we went to court. We, for the past five years, we've been back and forth with lawyers and courts and counselors and all of it. And now everything is kind of settled down. So now I've taken a lot of time to work on myself and work on all those things because in the beginning it was all about what is, what has happened with your mother, all of the situation, like every, my whole, everything to do with my mental health and everything to do with my well-being was centered around my mother. Mm-hmm. And I realized how much bullshit that is. Like I realized how I'm my own person. She doesn't consume me. She doesn't create my story. I get to decide it. I get to make the choice of who I want to be, no matter the influence of a peer, of a guardian, of a friend, right? So now looking at my mental health, health, it's changed a lot. So I've experienced a lot of things through mental health, gone through a lot. I was diagnosed with PTSD, complex PTSD, so CPTSD, and it's different from PTSD. PTSD is one event that happens that is so traumatic that causes a chemical imbalance in your brain. And CPTSD is a combination of events and a timeline of things that have happened through your life that create this distress and this chemical imbalance. And that's so much harder to deal with because there is not one event that you can pinpoint. Mm -hmm. So 
a lot of my journey through finding myself and finding peace from within has been revisiting those traumatic experiences and finding where something set me off. So I did treatment for my CPTSD after I was diagnosed with it. And we did, I kind of remember the name. It's light. It's like this light therapy and it's used a lot for PTSD and people and veterans and people who, um, have PTSD, but it was harder for me to do that because this was a different circumstance. And it was because of years of traumatic reoccurrences and events and situations that have all been built up and filed away that are hurting me and, and are so suppressing and a weight on my shoulders that I didn't even know was there because I didn't know what was causing all of this anxiety and so many things. So this for me was the main core thing, like the the main struggle for me was figuring that out because that was branching into other things. So like eating disorders and depression and anxiety and all, and I totally believe that that totally rooted from her. So in a sense, everything does come back to that one situation and that one time frame in my life, which has been really hard to know that she has affected me and had such an impact on who I am. That's hard for me to register and accept because I wanna be my own person. I want to have my own life. I wanna forget about that and move on and not think about it. But what I realized this past year, definitely, um, I was in the hospital last December because I was really not doing good and I really didn't know why. And I didn't have a diagnosis at this time. I was told I was anxious. I was told I was depressed. I was told I had eating struggles, but nothing, we didn't know why. There was no reason why. And for a lot of people, there isn't a reason why. For a lot of people, there is no answer and they have to go from there. But for me, I knew deep down that there was underlying stuff that I didn't want to talk about and didn't want to bring up. And for me, that was my mother. So after coming out of the hospital, I committed to treatment and I committed to finding myself again. So I did treatment and we did five rounds of it, of the light therapy. And it really benefited me. I this process is, it's draining. You're really tired after you, you hold two little balls in your hand that are vibrating really rapidly. And you watch a light simulation go back and forth and they'll change the speed. And as you're talking to a counselor, they're bringing up memories and bringing up, and you're talking and you're talking about things that you didn't even remember happened. Like things come up, the things that is the situations that it brings up and like the things that you remember while you're going through it you had no idea about like you you didn't even realize you went through that until you just come up and you're like whoa I just said that so it was really it was it was alarming at first because I was like whoa there's a lot of stuff that's coming up and this is really vulnerable and I'm scared to deal with this because this is gonna take a lot of work but realizing that it's necessary and it's the only way I'm going to grow and move past it was what I had to do. So we did therapy and we did the treatment and I found a lot of closure through it. And for sure, I went on medication and I continue seeing a counselor and for sure those things helped me. But recently it's just been Finding who I am without all those things as well, because I really believe that mental health is not you. It is this piece that is attached on to you that you get to control. And as hard as it is to take control, it's possible and everyone can. And it's not you. I don't, I, I do not believe for a second that that piece defines you and is you. I think it is a totally different factor that comes in from other people influencing and from yourself obviously but I've really learned to separate my mental health from who I am and what 
type of person that makes me because my mental health doesn't make the person who I am. And being around people who support that and want you to get better and want to help really changed also my perspective on it because it was so, for so long, it was dealing with it on my own, not telling anyone, being screamed at and yelled at and shoved and pushed and not being able to talk about it and just thinking that's normal and thinking that's okay. And then coming out of it and coming to a place at my dad's house week on week off, it was so drastic going from that to my dad's, which was, my dad's my best friend. Like I would, we go hiking. We, I, I do everything with my dad. Like I grew up doing everything with my dad. We hike, we ski, we, we climb mountains. We like, we do everything together. And going from this loving, caring, supportive place to that, your brain doesn't know how to process that. Your brain does not know how to go, how to register that both of those things are, are, are normal. And I had to accept that was not normal. And that was really hard to accept that it's not normal that I went through that. It's not normal that I feel these things, but it's possible to overcome. But with that being said, it's going to take work. So for sure, the medication helped me, has helped me. And talking to people or um, and talking to counselors and talking to doctors and talking to on a platform like this is for sure helpful. But for me, the main thing has been finding that within self-acceptance that just because you're putting in all this work and for me, just because I am on this platform and am dancing and go to school and have amazing friends and I have created this amazing life does not mean it's going to go away. For me, this is never going to go away. This, it's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. And that has been really something that I've had to learn is okay. Mm -hmm. Because I want to just let this go. I want to just move on. I want to just start a new life. But it's going to be stuck with me. I'm going to have this piece of me. And I'm going to be such a stronger person in the end because of it is what I've taken from it I'm gonna grow so much I'm gonna learn so much more I'm gonna take so much more in from advice or what 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 people say I take it so much more to heart because I've experienced so much loss and grief and pain that the good things are so good to me and that's what I love about life everything like now what I realize is I take life so much more as a challenge and I'm so much more enthusiastic about life now because I I know it's going to be challenging but I'm learning to embrace it mm -hmm. and suppressing your problems and suppressing your feelings is not something that is going to make you that person and it's not something that will help you overcome anything mm -hmm. so for me my biggest outlet has been dance competitive dance and I started dancing when I was really young and I took a break for a bit to try other things as most kids do but I got really into it when I was 11 and I decided 10 11 I decided this is what I want to do this is what I love and I was still living with my mother at the time and she didn't support it so I wasn't allowed to dance on her weeks I wouldn't go to class my dad was paying for all of it which was fine my dad supports me and everything I want to do so he was right there beside me the whole time and still has still is to this day and I left my mom and I really felt like the only thing I had was dance my only outlet because I didn't want an opinion at that time I I wanted, I wanted to release and I wanted to express how I was feeling, but I didn't want anyone to give me advice. I didn't want the pressure of having to really deal with it. So dance for me was I could express it and no one had to know what I was feeling. No one had to know why I was so angry when I was doing my solo on stage that day. No one knows why I was really happy that day. I, like I could express how I was feeling through dance without having to use words. And that for me was really 
beneficial and really something that I took for granted at the beginning. Now with dance, um, I have taken a step back because I've realized that it hasn't been that most recently. It hasn't been a release. It's been a lot of stress and I am a perfectionist. I love perfection. I need things regimented. I need things to go my way. And dance is not like that. And dance for me isn't that anymore. And it was really hard for me to swallow that pill. That dance has changed. It's not what it used to be for me. Um, it's benefited me in so many amazing ways, but it has taken a lot out of me because it has been so hard on my mental health. And I'm learning to reevaluate why I dance and what I'm doing this for, not for the competition, not to look better than that person, not to win first place, which is what my mindset has been. And for me, that was taking a step back and taking a second to be like, whoa, I have an identity outside of dance. I am my own person and this thing does not control me. And for me, years of my life was consumed of dance. From the time I left my mother when I was 11 to about when quarantine started last March, dance was everything. It was my life. It's my, it was my identity. No one knew me other than Kai the dancer. That's who I was. I was traveling. I was going to the States, all over Canada. I loved it. I wanted to be right in the community. I wanted to be that girl that walks into the competition and they're like, oh, that's Kaya. Like I want, that's all I cared about. That's all my drive was. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be the person that they look at and they're scared. Mm -hmm. I see that now and I realize how wrong it is. I realized for myself how wrong it is. For some people that can be a motivation and that's great. For me, that can't be a motivation for me. And I really had to accept that because it has been such a turning point not dancing and as much, I'm still dancing, of course. I, I, love, I love being there, I love seeing my friends, I love who I dance with, I love my teachers. My teachers are my family, my teachers are my mom. Like those are the people who I will consider family for the rest of my life. But the competitive portion of it in my brain and the really just the competitive the competitiveness against myself like that's what was really affecting me that I was never going to be enough for myself I was I know I'm never going to be enough for myself and it there's a point where you break and it really hits you that yeah, I can't keep doing this because I'm really not ever gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna be enough for myself. And I've, I've learned to accept that. And I'm still learning to accept that. It is so hard. And I, that's something I deal with every day that I, like, for example, last, last Wednesday, I had class, I mean, it's my favorite class. I had jazz class at the end of the night from seven to nine. And I, it's my favorite class. It's so go, go, go cardio and everyone's excited and everyone's happy. And I was really in a different mind, mind space than everyone else. And I wasn't feeling 100%, but I had to put on the persona that, yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I'm ready to dance. Yeah. I'm, I want to work hard. Yeah. I'm ready for competition. And I have to catch myself. And afterward I caught myself and in the moment, I broke down and went to the washroom and bawled my eyes out for 30 minutes. And I got in the car after and I was just, my dad was like, what happened? I was like, I don't know. It was just too much. And I realized afterward that I was putting so much pressure on myself and so much pressure on being this perfect person and dancer and having this perfect identity that I'm losing my love for dance. And I, I said that to my dad and he was like, it's been years of that. It's been leading up to this. Like, you know that this, this is not something new. And I've been thinking about it a lot since last Wednesday. And I, I really want to emphasize 
talking to your teammates and being open with those people. Those girls know me better than anyone else. I spent more time there. I've spent more time there in the past six years than I have spent anywhere else at the studio, at competition with those people, traveling with those people, experiencing life with those people. And the fact that I felt and I still feel I have to hide how I'm truly feeling and what I'm going through is it's, it's, it's not how it is. It's not how it should be. Those people know me better than anyone else. And I want them to know that. And I want to cherish that. And I want to use that to my advantage. Um, so for me right now, like I, I wanted to talk about obviously my, my past and what I've gone through, but I also want to talk about what I'm going through right now, because obviously people talk about what they have gone through, but for me, it's an everyday thing. I go through it. I, it, I have, as, as you would know, you know, like it, it doesn't go away. It's going to be with you for life. It's, it's something that I have to face head on every day. And some days you don't want to, some days I do lay in bed all day and I do not, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to dance. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to see my friends. I, I don't want to go out for a drive and talk. Like, I don't want to do anything. All those things that I love to do, some days you're not going to want to do as hard as you work, as hard as you work on your mental health, as hard as you work on yourself. Some days you're going to feel shitty. And that's just how it is. That's life. And I, I, I mean, I'm grateful that I have these struggles because it's who I am. It, may, it, it has made me into the person I am. These challenges that I have faced have shaped the person I am. And I 100% believe that, that I would not be where I am today without all these things happening and me going through these things and me feeling these things. It builds up the person who I am every day. And you're not fully developed until what, 25? So you don't, you don't know who you are till then. Like, I'm so, I don't know who I am. I, th I think about every day. I'm like, who am I? Like, what am I even doing with my life? Do I even, do I want to go to school? Do I want to just run away and travel the rest of my life? Do I love dance? Do I want to, I don't, I don't know. And like I said, I'm such a planner and perfectionist that I want to know, I want to have my five-year plan and that's what I'm going to do. And that's where I'm going to be. And that's like, that's just not how the world works. And especially we've learned that this year with COVID. Like I, I didn't get to compete this year and competing for me in dance is like the icing on the cake. I, I love competing. Of course it's hard with, you know, what we talked about, but I really do truly love it so much. You meet so many cool people and, and new, different experiences that you wouldn't experience with, I wouldn't have experienced without my dance family and the dance community like not being able to go to Vancouver all summer and dance um, was really hard. I was accepted into a pre-professional program at a company in Vancouver this summer called Arts Umbrella. And I was supposed to be there all of August and it was really hard to not be doing what I love and not be pursuing that um, because I know my year would have looked a lot different if this wouldn't have happened. So I changed my goals. It was about adapting. So I realized in August, okay, uh, everyone's in a shitty spot. Everyone's going through it. I need to reset my goals. I need to reevaluate what I want because unfortunately, because of COVID, you're not going to get that. So it turned into, it went from I want to win this. I want to accomplish this. I want people to know this. I want people to feel this way about me too. I want to feel this way about me. I want, I know I accomplished this for myself. I am in a better headspace. Like I, those are the things, those are the, that's the turn that I took when reevaluating my goals. And it was hard. And that was the moment I realized that I need to take a step back from dance because it was so detrimental on my health. And it was too much pressure. It is too much pressure for me because I, I am such a passionate person and I invest my whole heart in every, in something I love. I will, I like the people who in my life, who I love, I would die for every single one of them. I, I love dance. I would, I, I, 
I'm, I'm so passionate about certain things that it sometimes overweighs the love for myself and putting myself first has been something that I have to accept and I'm taking the steps to do that so for me I have been in an on-off relationship for two years with a guy who I love very much and I still do and I had to end it I had to say I need to find my independence and I need to embrace that and I need to find out who I am without someone because I don't know that so I'm taking steps slowly, obviously, to find who I am, find my story, find what I want to be, know who I want to be, be the person who people want to be around. I want to be that person. And I, I look up to people so much who are vulnerable enough to have platforms like this. And are like I I am so excited to be on here and talking because I support I support this so much and I am I'm so grateful to be able to share a piece of my journey because I never really have I I have never really talked about it um with anyone other than the really close people in my life and I think there's a lot of things that I went through that a lot of people can relate to and I really hope people can take from something from it hopefully because I when I listened to yours and I listened to Josh's I was just mind blown I was like oh my god this is such an awesome platform this is totally something that I want to put myself into and I want to get into and talking about this stuff and normalizing it that it's normal to have these feelings and it's normal to go through these things um and it's not normal to not face it head on and deal with it and to suppress it and um yeah I don't know that's kind of my story that's my that's my outline I don't know that was a lot of talking I'm sorry (laughs) I'm sorry no it's insane I mean like there's so many times I'm always like oh should I say something like should I try and butt in together like for me to talk a little bit and then I'm like no like this is this is your time to really like share your story and allow yourself to really like help other people and just get every like this is what I always say anyways like get everything off your shoulders because I Mm -hmm. think this just because you know it's gonna be all over everywhere right and that's like it's something that for a lot of people becomes really Mm -hmm. nerve-wracking also very satisfying because it's like oh my gosh like now I don't have to hide anything. There's nothing that I have to ever shy away from. Like I can be 100% honest with people and you never have to like beat around the bush when you're around certain people. It's like, yeah, like this is me. This is my story. It doesn't define who I am and where I'm going. It's just, that's, that's the cards that I was drawn and that's what I've had to encounter. But embracing embracing those cards and being okay with it is something that not a lot of people are good at and people can change their life that's all people look look for Mm. I find is people just want to see the people want to find the change what can I change what can I do better people don't take what they have and change that they just want something new so I totally agree with that yeah and honestly like how you're saying like I hope this can like, I hope some people can relate to my story. Like, I know for a fact, there is going to be about six or seven different things that almost everyone can relate to because you, you, like, some of the things especially that you're talking about is obviously, like, how you form a family within sports. And for me, I always had that same thing with all my hockey teams. I always became so close with my, like, all my teammates to the point where, at least a few of them I would consider like my brothers and I could really confide in them and tell them everything about me or at least like everything that I wanted to tell them. And Mm -hmm. over time, it always like allowed me to open up more and more and open up to different people and share different parts of my life with different people. But 
definitely one of the biggest things is the pressure aspect of sports and what it can do on you, how it can play a big role in it. And um, for myself, even what happened with me is I always used hockey as that outlet, like you were talking about with dance. And so anytime I was struggling or something was going on, I would just, I'd step on the ice and everything was gone. I just focus on what I was doing, stay in the now and everything was great. And then over time, it just kind of flip-flopped. And then it was like, every time I stepped on the ice, more problems would happen. And then my mind just became almost like congested with thoughts to a point where it was like, there was no state of relaxation. Like it was just always like, going 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 and it's no state of relaxation totally like you're always under you felt you put your it's not even from other people you're just putting yourself under so much pressure that's mm-hmm. not existent for me like I'll step into a class and I'll be like if you're not going to stand in the front like I'll just tell myself I'm like you need to stand in the front you know you need to stand in the front that teacher needs to say you and some days I know in my heart I'm like I want to stand in the back I don't want to be seen I just want to enjoy the class I don't want to have to demonstrate and be the oh wow look at her some days I just want to stand in the back and watch other people embrace being the center of attention like I wanted to be the center of attention for so long and that's all I cared about I wanted I wanted it to be about me I really did and it's so selfish but I did I wanted I wanted it all. I wanted to, I wanted to be the dancer that everyone looked up to and everyone was like, wow, I aspire to be that. And now I realize I'm going to be the dancer I want to be. I want to be the dancer that is a good friend, is a good person, is a good communicator, is open, is willing to have a conversation. That's the type of dancer I want to be. I don't want to be the competitive, mean, walk in a room and glare at everyone and be angry and be competitive because that's what I was for years. And I will completely admit to that. And I still am sometimes. I still have to catch myself where I'm like, Kai, you're being competitive. You need to calm down. Take a deep breath. You don't need to be on your A game right now. You can like, it's okay. We're not at competition. Like I just have to reevaluate where I am sometimes. And I've gotten better at that, but for sure, I still have moments of that person did that a little bit better than me and the teacher saw them. And I need to do that now a little bit better. And I need to stand in the front and like my mind just races and I have to catch myself and say, no, you need to do this because you want to do it. Not because other people want to do it. Not because other people want to see you do it, do it for yourself. And yeah, I don't know. Doing it for myself has been something that like doing school for myself, not doing it for my dad, not doing it for the grade, doing it for myself, learning, investing in learning and getting new information, Um, walking into a new classroom with a new choreographer that I've never learned from. What can I learn from you that I didn't know? I didn't know, I didn't know yesterday. Mm -hmm. Talking to a friend that did something cool in class and you're like, how did you do that? Even though they're two years younger than you, Mm -hmm. like embracing all the little things where you can take advantage and learn is so wise and my dad has really instilled that on me is learn from everyone learn from everything you're going to be such a versatile and well-rounded person if you accept failure and learning from everyone you're not going to be the best at everything you're not gonna you're not gonna always succeed that's just life but if you take that and learn from it and take something from it and and embrace the loss your mindset will change Mm -hmm. yeah no I even like off that I think there's there's always different ways to look at absolutely everything but first and foremost that aspect of it is learning from different things like that's something that I've definitely implemented into my life and that's like every single day in my life is like a new opportunity to learn something else. And it doesn't have to be like, okay, like I'm going to learn something about the human body today. And then tomorrow totally. I'm going to learn yeah. about astronomy. Like it's literally, it's just really being aware of your surroundings. And, being aware of your surroundings, totally. And Absolutely. Watching, watching how other people take on life. Like that's the totally. big thing that I've 
totally. that has taught me like it's honestly like it's kind of changed my life in some aspects because I look at someone and I'm like wow you like you're doing something that I would love to do or you're doing something that I would hate to do and then mm -hmm. I see how certain people treat yeah. other people and I'm like yeah like that's how I want to treat someone or no that is not even close to how I want to treat someone and then I'll see people like one of the biggest things is I think relationships and that doesn't mean just like dating relationships but relationships yeah. their kids their parents their whoever it may be and it's like you really see like for instance I was on the ski hill the other day and I there's this dad that was getting just beyond frustrated with his kid and I was like that's not what I want to be doing like there's no reason to be ripping your kid apart at the top of the ski hill when you're out there like having fun like you should be like should be a fun time like yes obviously maybe your kid might have deserved it but who knows and you're like okay I'm gonna apply that to myself and where yeah. can I apply that in my life I I love that I met I have met so many people through dance who have really I can say changed my life like I have one friend in Vancouver who um, is signed for a has a contract with DaCosta which is a agency company so she has an agent she works she's a like she's she's working she's a dancer she she's young and she's good and I look up to her a lot I I I take her accomplishes accomplishments and I've learned that I will feel just as good if I am there beside her, supporting her, or if I'm being the, that could have been me, I could have done that. You're gonna be miserable if you're, if you're that person. You're, you're, you wanna be the person that's gonna be supporting people in the long run. And I really learned that. Mm -hmm. um, it's really hard for me because I compare myself to myself and especially to other people a lot. Mm -hmm. So being able to say, good job. I am so proud of you. I, you totally deserve this. You work so hard has been really hard for me because I, it's not that I'm greedy and I, I want that and she would have got that, but I compare myself and I say, I'm not good enough. I could never accomplish that. I'm not enough. I, it turns into that for me. So when I see people who are supporting other people and want them to grow you grow with them and you watch them grow together that's how it works you're if you're supporting someone you're going to grow just as much you're not going to grow by being stubborn and greedy and angry like that's not you're not you're not going to benefit in any way from that no exactly and i even like i don't know i'm always like i'm a person too that definitely I mean, not as much this year, but um, I've always kind of compared myself to other people and especially compared my life to other people's lives. And then I see, like, this is the biggest thing is like, I so up and down about it, but social media is a very, very positive thing, but mm -hmm. it can also be a very, very negative thing. And right. I think that is definitely coming out a lot more and a lot more people are noticing this. But for myself, one of the biggest things that I always have done and even still like sometimes do is I always compare my life to other people's lives. And I literally look at someone that I know and I see what they're doing or I see who they're with. And I'm like, oh, wow, like I wish that was me. I wish I was in say like I wish I was in this relationship. And it's like then I sit back because like I was in a relationship for a really long time. And I mean, I I would post pictures all the time and like but things weren't always as good as they seemed like behind the scenes they weren't always as good as that picture was like sometimes I would post a picture and it was more so just to like prove again that I loved her. my life is great I love my like, girlfriend yeah, I have a great life. It's a great exactly. relationship and but it's yeah. not like that or like obviously there was a lot of love and it was really good but it wasn't always. And so it was kind of like that reassurance in some retrospects. And um, I think that's the factor of it. And that's what I've started realizing is like, now it's, it's way, I don't want to say cooler, but it's, 
it's way more real when you post like some of your insecurities or you post a picture that's actually genuine and it's not this whole fabricated thing where it's like okay yeah like we're gonna go we're gonna go drive to this hike spot and then we're gonna just park at the top and then we'll take some pictures act like we went hiking and then we'll just drive back down and like whatever I mean I've been a culprit of that I'm not gonna lie I think (laughs) most people have but I think it's just really being genuine with who you are and then figuring out what you actually want to do with your life and figuring out what type of person you want to be do that for yourself like exactly I know in my life I always planned around other people and I always plan like what they're doing and I mean I still sometimes definitely do that but I also I've taken a lot of leaps that have not made everyone happy and that's when you actually grow the most like that's when you that's when you literally come into the state of who you are and you figure out who you are what you like to do and that's the only way that it's possible is if you actually like change change for yourself yeah exactly like for yourself not for someone else not because that person thinks that's what you should do do it for yourself feel that way for yourself um I have learned a lot this year about friendships and relationships and I think for most people at this age like 16 17 18 you do and you meet a lot new people and you lose a lot of people and I recently have been going through that you know I broke up with my boyfriend I um I've lost some friends this year Mm -hmm. a lot of friends and a lot of people haven't been happy about it and I've made a lot of new friends and I've met a lot of people who have encouraged me to embrace myself. And that's what I look for in a friend now. That's the first thing I go by that. Do they help you embrace yourself? Who you truly are, who you want to be? Are they helping you and benefiting you to become the person you want to be that I want to be? And I've met a lot of people who have for sure done that. And I've also realized a lot of people who aren't helping me do that. And I've had to cut them out and move on. And, you know, it's hard. It's really hard to close that chapter and start a new one because you don't know what it's going to lead to. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, ending a relationship on and off of that long of knowing a person that well was really hard. Mm -hmm. And I came to a point where I was like, out of the best interest interest for both of us, this is what we need to do because we need to grow on our own. We need to find out who we are going to be without each other. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I I I really realized that, and I had to be the one to say, "Listen, I need to take a step back." Um, you know, I don't regret any of it. I learned so much. I, it was my first relationship, the first person I ever fell in love with. You know, like. I went through so much. We had so many good times, but I needed to embrace my independence because I'm such an independent person. And I've really learned that Mm -hmm. Uh, I need my independence. I need to make my own decisions. I need to be able to do my own thing. And you can only be so independent with one person at 16, you know, like it's different when you're married and when you're settling down, you have kids so much different, but I'm 16, you know, like I have so much to learn and I want to learn. I am so eager and excited to learn and meet new people and have new experiences. I'm so excited and ready for life. And um, I'm really proud to be able to say that because a year ago, I wouldn't have been able to say that. I was always told by my doctors and counselors and therapists that look look towards the future and you have so many good things coming up and they really tried to use that as my motivation to look towards the future and be excited and I never really I I, I always thought that was so dumb because I'm like but right now that's not how I'm feeling right now I don't want to be alive right now I don't want to get out of bed like that's not how I'm feeling right now so I for sure and excited about life but I also am willing to embrace the hard days and I'm willing to get through those which was not the case a year ago so I I 
am enthusiastic to see I'm 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 really enthusiastic yeah I'm enthusiastic to see how I take on life this year and how my life goes and how I take on the bad days and how I take on the extra good days um I've 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 really learned that I grow the most when I'm going through the most you know like when I'm going through the absolute shittiest day and the worst thing has happened and I did bad on a test and I did awful at dance and none of my friends are talking to me and I just I have the worst day and I I sit back and I'm like what can I take from this that's going to benefit me that's where I look at life now that's how I'm trying to look at it that what can I take from this as shitty as the situation was what can I take from this to benefit myself and how can I benefit my future um looking at life with bigger eyes Mm -hmm. and a smaller mouth (laughs) is kind of what I've learned. Um, For me, listening and um, not jumping on the defense has been very hard. (laughs) I am a very defensive person. I like to have my case and be right and defend myself and be angry. But like, sometimes I'm like, okay, sit back and listen. You don't need to defend yourself. Um, I I remember a situation where I was with a counselor because I've I can't even count how many counselors I've gone to in my life. I have been I can guarantee you I can name them I can name every single one in the Okanagan at this point. I have been I've been to them all. I it certainly has felt like I have. And I remember this one counselor said to me, "Why are you so worried about?" the future when the present is the only thing that you can control. And I was like, it's so true. Like, why am I so worried about something that I can't control? I'm not going to control what happens in 20 minutes. I'm not going to control what happens in five years. I'm not going to control how I feel in however long, but I can control right now. And I can control how I feel right now. And I'm the only person who's going to do that. No one's going to make me happy. No one's going to make me mad. I'm the only one who can control that. And being okay with that has been really hard, but that's, something that yeah. has changed that's my perspective. hundred percent. And that's just, it's like so true is that you literally like, and that was the biggest thing for me too. Like I ended a relationship of over three years and that was like something that, I had my whole entire future planned out with this person, like every last final step of it. And I did the same thing as you realized like the other person needed to grow a lot. I needed to grow a lot and I needed to start doing a lot of things for myself. And it literally started a snowball effect of me being more independent and me following my path, not a path of anyone else not listening to anyone else just doing what I want to do when I want to do it mm-hmm. not in an arrogant way not in like this not an arrogant way it's just okay, like, it's like- I to what you're saying is like you can only grow so much with one person right you can only grow so much in one situation exactly so, yeah. yeah um yeah and it's just like just knowing I mean I always catch myself 100% just looking at the future looking into like even the next couple months and being like oh gosh and then I almost you get into this like kind of freak out stage where you're like oh gosh I need to do all this stuff right now or else like a couple months is going to be me doing and I mean like this isn't the worst thing to say but like me doing the exact same thing I'm doing now so it's like always like striving to be better but sometimes I get to the like this manic state where it's like oh my god I gotta like try and do a million in my life and know exactly what I'm doing and yep yeah it just it gets crazy and it's it's not worth it like I mean especially for you like you're so like just the wisdom that you actually have and just everything that you've already learned is insane and you are like mountains and mountains over top of every single person that I've ever met that is your age like it is absolutely insane and 
you have nothing to worry about for your future because 1000% you will be so successful just given the knowledge that you have and the brain that you have on you already. And like you said, you're just going to continue to keep growing and that's like, it is spectacular. So like, you should really pat yourself on the back for that one. I appreciate it. Um, Like I said, like all those things are, are great, but I still go through it every day. Right. Like I totally preach for everything I talked about, but you know, the hard days are still there as we, I have heard you talked about another in other episodes, like, um, it's a daily struggle. Mm. It's, 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 it's not going to go away. And for sure, my life is amazing and beautiful. And I'm so grateful to have the people in my life that I do. I really am. Um, but sometimes that's not enough. Mm. As selfish as that sounds, the only thing that can be enough is finding that from within um things aren't gonna make you happy people aren't gonna make you happy they're really not um and i still don't know that i i, I say it and i want to feel it but you know i'm still trying to embrace really embrace that every day that i'm the only one that's gonna make me happy i'm the only one who's gonna tell myself i can do this i'm the only one that's gonna motivate myself i'm the only one that's going to believe in myself. You know, everyone is living their own life. Everyone has their own things going on. So the more you love yourself, the less dependent on other people you're going to be. Which is where I strive to be. I want to be there. I'm not there, but um, I want, I want to be there and I see it, but you know, every day, just keep working on it. Exactly. One step at a time. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a couple little things before we kind of wrap it up. Um, what would actually be basically your biggest tip of advice that you'd ever have for somebody that's struggling, might go through struggles, whatever it may yeah. be. Um, so I did an English project when I was in grade eight and we had to talk about um, there's a list of 12 things to remember in life and it's pretty common, but I look through this list and I've never told anyone this. I look through this list every day. Um, every morning when I get up, I scroll through this list and I think, what am I going to pursue today? So I'll read you the list. So, um, 12 things to remember in life. Number one, the past cannot be changed. Number two, opinions do not define your reality. Number three, everybody's journey is different. Number four, things always get better with time. Number five, judgments. Uh, judgments are, oh, sorry. Judgments are confessions of character. Number six, overthinking will lead to sadness. Number seven, happiness is found from within. Number eight, positive thoughts create positive things. Number nine, smiles are contagious. 10, kindness is free. 11, you only faulty you're only at fault if you quit. Number 12, what goes around comes around. So I look at those things every day and I think, what am I going to think about throughout the day? So yesterday, um, mine was overthinking will lead to sadness. I'm a big overthinker. I, I love to overthink and take things and spin it. And that actually leads to my quote because we had, I, I have a quote as well. Yeah. Um, and my quote is don't believe everything you think pretty plain and simple because I am such a big overthinker and I take one thing someone says and I don't take it with a grain of salt. I take it as a punch to the gut Mm -hmm. all the time. So for sure, people's words will affect you, Mm -hmm. but you've got to find it from within to not let your head and your mind spin that and take it out of control. Because for me, that's what it does. I, I will think something. I'll look at someone. I'll be like, that person is looking at me weird. That person I just know thinks I'm weird. I just know they don't want to be around me. I know they hate me. And it will go to that. All of a sudden, I'll literally look at someone. I'll be like, that person hates me. That person just doesn't want to be around me. Like, I have to stop myself sometimes and be like, that's not me. <laughs> that's my mind playing games and tricking me and trying to believe something that's not there. That is not the reality. So I take a step back and look at the big picture. 
have I ever met that person? No. Have I ever talked to that person? No. Does that person have any idea who I am? Do I have any idea who they are? No. Right? Like taking a second and asking yourself the basics has helped me from overthinking for sure. Like taking a second and stepping back. And that could be anything, physically taking a step back. So like going into your room, going into the washroom at school and taking a deep breath, you know, like isolation, as I talked about at the beginning has been a really big struggle for me, isolating myself and wanting to be alone and wanting to sit in a dark room all day. And I did that for pretty much all quarantine. I'm being honest. I... I really had no motivation. I really wanted to be alone. I was sad. I was quarantine took a really big toll on me, um, as it did on most people. I know, but um, for me, it was it was hard to be alone for sure. I need to be around people as much as I don't like to because I tell myself I want to be alone. I am an introvert. I know I'm an extrovert. I'm both. Like I love to, I love to talk and I love to be around people and it's just finding the motivation to do that. So, mm. you know being around other people helps me from not overthinking and helps me from being a helps me from not falling into the hole of self-doubt yeah um well and if people kind of get to the that point of when they get overwhelmed and they constantly are overthinking and all of a sudden they need somebody to talk to where could they actually reach you at or reach out and totally. I'm totally open to talk. I love to talk. I will totally have a conversation. Um, my Instagram, I can give that to you. I can give you my number. Um, I have my Snapchat. I have a bunch of Facebook. I have everything. So I can give you all of that for sure. Um, yeah. And I'll link, yeah. I'll just link all of them, really? link all of them in, the, in all of the descriptions. So then people can reach out I would love to different talk ways. And about anything. Yeah, totally. and I actually have something super exciting that I'm working on right now and just making it all kind of come into kind of come into play and I'll I'll fill you in on all of that after the podcast because awesome. keep it a little hush hush right now but it's something sure. exciting and I'd love to have you be a part of it cuz like Absolutely. your wisdom and just the words that you possess and the mindset that you have is like incredible so thank I you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so I'm so excited to do this. Yeah, me as well. Well, awesome. honestly, that's our podcast. And thank you so much for everything. I so thank you so much for having me on. I oh. love it. Love to do anything like this again. I love it. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Struggle Create Strength. I hope everyone enjoyed Kai's story. And I encourage you to reach out to her and have some vulnerable conversations with her. If you want to reach me or come on the podcast, you're more than welcome to at Struggle Create Strength on both Instagram and Facebook. You can also reach me on my website at strugglecreatestrength.com. All podcasts are posted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and additional posts are posted on Instagram as well. I hope everyone enjoyed Kai's story, and just remember that everyone has a story. Uno, dos, tres.